Welcome to the Home Service Contractor Blueprint by A2O Digital. Every episode will cover topics that impact all home service companies like marketing, sales tactics, operations, and more. Now, on to today's episode. Okay, welcome. Uh, my name is Doug. I have a guest today, uh, Ed Hessling, uh, who's uh, owner of Precision Garage Door in Harrisburg. Um, and some of you may recognize him because uh, he's been with us before. Um, and Ed is a big proponent um, and utilizes a tool called the Enneagram. And uh, if you have watched the first episode, we wound up getting a lot of uh, questions. Uh, come back to us and inquiries uh, to get more information. And so I asked Ed if he would be uh, gracious enough to come back and spend another uh, uh, session or two and talk further about the Enneagram um, because it's a tool that can be used for a variety of things. I think, Ed, when you were here last time, um, we talked about how you use Enneagram in the hiring process and bringing employees in and trying to get the right employee for the right job. Mm -hmm. um, I know we, we dove into that a little bit, but obviously it's much more than that. You also use it uh, for employee retention, right? And uh, uh, the the leadership and like, how do you lead your people and how do you, how do you get the things you want out of them through that leadership? And then uh, and even how to deal with maybe when you got a disgruntled employee or something's going wrong. So uh, hopefully you can talk a little bit more about that um, today in this episode. Uh, and I'm excited actually to learn more about it. I've, I've gone through um, the book that you had given me, um, which uh, is called Back to You. Is that Back to You? The Road Back to the You. The Road Back to You. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. And I, and I did. I actually listened to it two times, but um, yeah, I forgot the name of the title. And um, so I'd like to start today about uh, how do you utilize and analyze, you know, the, the test uh, in some of these other ways. Um, so we let's go. Let's start with hiring again. Let's let's kind of like recap because not everybody watched the first episode. Mm -hmm. And if you can talk a little bit about how you use it in the hiring process to start with, and then kind of we'll go from there. Oh, that's a great question. Thank you for having me back, Doug. Yeah. Um, so how we use the Enneagram in our hiring process is uh, obviously we, we use Paradox to get applications in. And then um, anything that's a good fit through Paradox, you know, they sets up an interview and they come right on in. Ed, I'm going to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Uh, Paradox is something that I don't think anybody has talked about, but that's a that's a program that you that you use to be able to get employees and and it responds rapidly, right? And we can do another episode on that sometime. But that's right. what you're talking yes. about, right? Yep, yep. It yep. just helps generate applications mm -hmm. uh, to the business, and then uh, we we bring these people in and we have a discussion. And if if we like them, if I think that they could do well in the business, uh, whether it's a, an installer or a technician. Uh, I wrap up the uh, interview process by saying, hey, I, you know, I have a tool that I use to become a better leader for anyone that I'm serious about. Uh, I just need you to be honest when you take this test. Um, and, you know, it's about 45 minutes long, 144 questions. If you could just take this test, um, I'm very interested to see the results. And they go off and take that test. Uh, if they don't take the test, we know not to hire them. If they do, does, does that happen? Yes, it does. It they, does. They are, they're not spending forty-five yep. minutes. They're not spending forty-five minutes, and that's that's it's a good filter right there that you know offering mm -hmm. that test because if if they're not serious about taking the test, then obviously they won't take the position very seriously. Um, but if they are serious about taking the test, and you see that they take the test, um, it shows a level of commitment there. 
when I get the test results back, I'm already analyzing, you know, where would they fall well in the business? Uh, if it's a, you know, if I'm looking for a technician, do they fit what I'm looking for as a tech? If I'm looking for an installer, do they fit what I'm looking for as an installer? And, you know, I, I, I have scores and, uh, and data in mind of what I'm looking for, um, but it's, it's really important to make sure that, you know, you look at all nine results and where they fall uh, on the test to make sure you're getting a great quality candidate. So, so you're using, uh, there's, yeah, there's nine um, different ways that, that get categorized and you, it's important to look at all nine of them to, to understand whether they're good for you. You're not just saying what did they score the highest in Correct. and, and classifying them. Correct. Yeah. You know, it's it, the, the strongest scores, you know, is really important to look at their strongest personality types. But it's also really important to take note of the weakest personality types as well, because there could be something that you're looking for down there that you may want to be higher than it is. It's it's really, you know, the best way that I describe it when I'm analyzing the results is it's like looking at a math equation and kind of just breaking down the math equation to see if it's a if this candidate is a really quality fit or not. So um, there's nine categories. Um, and what, what I, I'm hearing you say is if you're hiring for maybe a technician, you're looking for maybe a different personality trait than you might be for an installer. Can, can you talk just a little bit about like, uh, like maybe how you distinguish what you're looking for? Uh, great question. So when I'm looking for technicians, um, obviously the job of technicians is to go out to a customer's house, uh, diagnose issues, and give options for the customer to feel confident in. And technicians, uh, you know, they have to have a set of skills where they have to be motivated and they have to have a set of personal, personal people skills. And so I look for a little bit of a combination of both that are kind of highly motivated. So for technicians, I look for type eights that are the challengers. Uh, they like, you know, going to bat when things are tough and they like winning. And so getting, closing the sale or closing the job is something that's really important to them. Uh, type twos and threes, they're very customer service based people. You know, they, they really do well uh, with other people and in very much populated environments. And so um, it's really important to make sure that there's, those scores are up there as well. As well as, you know, it's, it doesn't hurt to have a type one, the perfectionist, uh, and I'm gonna backtrack a little bit, the type twos are the helpers, type threes are the achievers, um, type ones are the perfectionists, so they, they wanna make sure everything's real perfect. And then uh, I also look for, for technicians, uh, type six, the loyalists. Uh, Interesting, why do, you, why do you do that? What's, what are you looking for in a, like, that, why is that important, you feel? Uh, Good. It helps with employee retention. Um, if you can really get an employee who's a type six to uh, believe in the process and believe in the dream that the company has set forward, uh, they're going to be your ride or die employees. They're going to be the employees that will stick through it till the end. They'll, they'll, if they really believe in the vision of the business, they'll stick through the business through all the highs and lows. And I think, I think that employee is very valuable to have. And yeah, retention obviously is a, is critical like you get somebody and you hire and put all the training into them and they're they're a job jumper and they're moving to something else and mm -hmm. you put all that time effort in and <laughs> you lose them right and it's a headache and a waste of money yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah i can i can understand that so like what would you um give me a let's talk about a different type of job like um maybe an installer what might you be looking in it for an installer uh installer you know 
you always have to deliver on that picture-perfect install, um, something that really wows the customer. And so I really like to look for type 1s being the highest score for an Which installer. Which is that perfectionist effect? That's the perfectionist, yeah. And a perfectionist, they can walk into a room that was freshly cleaned, and they'd be the first one to point out where the dust or what spot was missed in that room. And so having everything kind of be picture-perfect is really important to a perfectionist. Um, but I'd also like scores to follow behind that one, you know, you want them to be motivated. So maybe a type eight, you want them to be uh, uh, really good with customers and get along great with customers. So a type two or a type three is really important there. And then uh, just to back it up, just have that six somewhere up there is really. Yeah, I, <clears throat> obviously I'm in the door business with you, right? Because I, uh, I own Precision in the New York metro area. Mm -hmm. um, but um, if I have an installer go and they they put that door up and it doesn't work perfectly or something goes wrong the next day, it's a nightmare. So you get somebody that cares enough about making sure it's done right, yeah. all your callbacks disappear, right? Correct. Yeah, the type ones, they really make sure it's done right the first time so you don't have to worry about it the second time. And yeah. Our callbacks have greatly been reduced focusing on type ones for installs alone. So if you're a hiring manager uh, and a lot of uh, the precisions are all different sizes, right? Sometimes a uh, small startup uh, precision location um, might be uh, an owner that just, you know, bought it and he doesn't have a hiring manager. He is the hiring manager. Um, but in, in larger precision locations, we, we have HR departments and hiring managers. And if you're a hiring manager, you want your hiring manager to understand this, like, inside and out, right? I want them to dive as deep as they can into it, yeah. They, yeah. it's it's if you if you want success you know the enneagram is something that you if you want success as fast as possible the enneagram is something to get to consider this is a this is one of my three tools to get 10 years 10 million for a goal personal of mine um to do 10 million revenue by my 10th year and i, I don't think i would be on i wouldn't be on track to do that if it wasn't for the enneagram you know what i uh, fascinates me um uh, is how every time I talk to you, you understand this topic better. <laughs> you do. I, I mean, I mean, the first time you brought it up to me, uh, we were in a meeting. It was probably over a year, maybe closer to two years ago, when you first talked to me about it. And you were like in the beginning of that journey, but you really invested yourself into this. And you realize it's really been important to your success of your, your company. And you know that this is like... It's kind of a necessity for you, isn't it? Yeah, it's a it's a lifeline now. It's an artery. It's uh, it's uh, I would feel lost if I didn't have like the enneagram to to help me manage the company the way that I'm managing it now. So I, I want to ask, um, uh, do you answer your own phones? Because not every place does. You are you having a call center? Like how are you? Who's uh, answering your phones for you? I have one person who answers between eight and four, and then I use uh, our. Call so it's a, it's a combination. Some some is call center. Some yeah. people in, okay yeah. hybrid. So when you have somebody that's in a customer service, um, and maybe that's I guess that's the way we classify them as a customer service department, right? Mm -hmm. um, what kind of a style are you looking for there, and why? For someone answering the phone? Yeah, yeah, answering the phone for you. That's a great question. Um, I think you know, obviously, answering the phone as quick as possible is something that's really important, and so I think a type eight to be up there is really good because they, they want to have a good average record if you if you have measurements on how fast the phones are answered. I think type eights will do a really good job of keeping that average pretty low. But you also want that person to be personable, kind of like 
happy to talk to instead of answering the phone. Hello, this is Precision. How can I help you? You want that person to be like, hey, thank you for choosing Precision Door Service. This is Ed. How can I how can I help you today? Mm -hmm. um, so having like uh, a type two, the helper or the type three, the achiever or even type four, the, uh, the romantic or the individualist, uh, they're really good at having those conversations and sounding very positive um, to make the customer feel more comfortable pulling the trigger and booking an appointment. Yeah, so in our customer service departments, um, uh, they will answer phones for a new new job coming in. Mm -hmm. And the objective is to, you know, get that customer to say, okay, let's go set this up, set the appointment up, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's not really a sales process, but you have to have the desire to want to close that yeah. that that thing, yeah. get that job off the street, and put yeah. it on the uh, in, cool. into your fleet. And, yeah. Um, and uh, but it, then there's another person could be calling back because you did business and they got a problem, and now you got to have have empathy built in, and mm -hmm. uh, so you, you there's a lot of skills in in that type of position. So I can I can imagine. Um, maybe a different type of person for each of those type of things then huh uh if you really want to dive into it yeah absolutely if you if you have like you have this type of person calling in uh they get sent to this other uh line for this type of issue you definitely want that person answering and picking up that phone to be built uh as strong as they can to handle that customer yeah and, and most most small businesses aren't able to be able to have you know, different pay people, that, but uh, <laughs> but it's interesting, and you need a lot of different skill sets for that job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, Ed, you talked a little bit about uh, you use this with disgruntled employees. To, uh, tell me a little bit how you use it there. That's a good question. So, whenever I have a disgruntled employee, um, or if I hear from my lead techs or anybody from management that this this employee is becoming of a issue. I always try to pull up that employee's enneagram results because when when you get their enneagram results back, it doesn't just tell you like where they fall. It gives you like fifteen to twenty pages of information of the enneagram and who this person may be. And I always find that uh, when you look at it, you you can carry it down to two things. You can look at one the the ten levels of development and figure out from what you're hearing from your management team where they fall in the ten levels of development. And then you can also look at um, the enneagram style's deadly sin. Um, for for example, of a, a deadly sin, um, and what may get us in trouble because Doug, I know that you and I are type eights. Uh, the type eights deadly sin is lust, but it's it's not in like the uh, the sexual content. It's more so just like uh, we have this desire to get as much out of things as possible, um, and I think with that desire, we tend to have. Uh, tunnel vision because we focus so much on the end goal and the success we we ha we get very narrow tunnel vision and it's what's around that tunnel that may get us in a position that we we don't want to be in or that we weren't expecting um, and so that's why the loss is type eight the challenger's deadliest sin is because uh, we're just so narrow focused um, which is why, uh, not to get off track, but which is why I made it really important to hire a type six as my assistant GM. Uh, Dan Madison, he's my assistant GM, and they're very focused on the process on how to get to a destination. Where I may be so focused on the destination, having a type six has really allowed me the ability to see everything more transparently. So uh, to answer your, to go back to the question that you answered, 
I'll look at the deadly sin to figure out what their deadly sin is and figure out if that has a role to play in this issue. And then once I have all the information, I can approach uh, that employee and just say, um, you know, for example, I'll use one of my employees who's a type three, who his, his deadly sin is feeling a sense of worthlessness. Um, and usually if you feel a sense of worthlessness, um, you become more isolated and more closed off and you kind of build up a wall. And so, you know, I, I approached him and we had a discussion. I just, I used stuff like, hey man, you know, is everything going all right in your life? You know, what's what's going on? And, you know, he, he wasn't giving me much information, but he would give me a little bit. And knowing this idea of what, you know, lower level of development and, you know, him feeling worthlessness, uh, you know, I started relating questions that were geared towards, hey, could you feel like you're not worth doing much here right now? And that's when uh, he started feeling more of a connection in that conversation. He's like, you know, wow, I, I, interesting. I, yeah. I, I, I feel like I'm not doing enough here. I feel like I'm failing here. I'm feeling like that no one's appreciating the hard work that I'm doing. And it was just that the Enneagram was that crack that I needed to get into that employee's mind mind that sounds a little bit too dramatic but yeah what no, I, needed, I, I get it I what understand. i needed to get that employee to break down his walls and really really open up to me how he got to feeling that way and at that point it was just the reassurance like look man i think you're doing a great job like um you, your closing percentage is x y and z you're you're having all these great reviews and you know you've been doing this consistently for such a long time and you know Part of the, that discussion was I wasn't noticing it as much as he imagined I should notice it. And it was it was an eye opener for me to kind of make sure like, OK, moving forward, you know, I'm going to make sure I stay on top of uh, keeping a close eye and giving recognition. So that way you don't feel like you're unworthy of recognition. And it, it really it really got me walking away from that conversation, not thinking, dude, why are you so disgruntled? You better get your act together and do your job. Uh, and him thinking, if I took that approach, my boss is such a jerk, like he, he doesn't care. You know, he left that conversation thinking, Eddie really values me and really took the time to really figure this out with me. And I feel really good about myself. Yeah. So, so this kind of like, uh, you were talking about obviously, um, disgruntled employees, but your leadership team needs to understand this well to be able to to deal with that disgruntled employee because yeah. it's a two-way street, right? You know, you yeah. have to, if your leadership team doesn't understand how to do what you just did there, mm -hmm. maybe you lose that guy. Maybe right. he, and, and he's maybe been a very valuable employee to you and he's, yeah. he's, he's looking for a job somewhere else because doesn't feel appreciated, doesn't, yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's crazy because I think as, as a type eight, it's, what's been a challenge for me is it's always been easy for, easier for me to say, get your act together and do your job. Um, and you know, my, my partner in crime, Steven, uh, he, he, he's a high type three and he really helps me focus on like, Hey, think of like the relationship aspect that you're building with these employees. And so with, with him holding me accountable, uh, because you know, my weakness is not focusing much on a relationship, but focusing on the goals. Uh, he keeps me really good accountable and the Enneagram is helps me discover you know, what, what could be their deadly sin that's interfering with them and, and starting to create this disgruntledness uh, in the environment and, you know, gauging on the 10 levels of development, you know, where do they fall in the healthy level? If, are they too far gone or can we, can we recover and 
reconcile. Um, the Enneagram is a good roadmap to kind of figure out your place and where to start that conversation with the employee. Okay, so I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball. Um, we had a, a training class uh, yesterday okay. at, at our location in uh, New Jersey, mm-hmm. and we had 12 employees there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a situation where um, some employees, um, relatively new employees, no showed for the they knew that we had the meeting. They they knew that they were supposed to be there at a certain time, and they no showed. They didn't. They they made a decision to not come, but they thought it was okay that they didn't come. And um, uh, I'm sitting there going, "What do I do about this?" And I'm just curious, like, what would you do? What would you do with that? Uh, can I? Uh, yeah, ask some able, questions. Yeah, yeah, are you able to share me the what their enneagram styles were? Um, actually, I can. Um, I'd have to go to my notes and, and pull it up. Um, so you would look at their Enneagram first and mm-hmm. see what style they are because you might treat each of them differently. I would approach them entirely differently, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think, I do think, you know what? I'm, I'm, I actually want to look this up. I, I, as yeah. I, I really want your opinion. I do have another question, which while I'm trying to get this for you. Um, what, um, what other books did you read? It sounds like You've dove so deep in this, uh, and I, I, I actually went through uh, a road back to you uh, twice, mm. and I did an audio book because I, I listen to books. I don't, I don't mm. typically have the time to sit and read them, but so I'm in the car listening or whatever, and and sometimes I'm only paying half attention because I'm doing, I got other things going on. But, but um, what other books have you have you used? Or it sounds like you dove so deep into this, you must have read even more then. So I've only read one book. Uh, Road Back to You by Ian Crone, but I, the way that I dove deep was I did a lot of online research. I follow, you know, we have so power of social media now, so I follow a lot of Enneagram social media accounts. So when I'm on social media, I come across Enneagram style stuff, and um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, and I, it's not that I found a podcast that I like. I just go looking through Enneagram podcasts, and I just find one that looks good, and I just listen to this podcast here, listen to that podcast there. Um, and uh, a, lot of, a lot of my knowledge has been questions that I've asked myself about the Enneagram and how to utilize it in the business and just doing a whole lot of online research. Yeah, so, yeah, you've just, you keep getting deeper and deeper, and the more you, the more you, uh, listen to things and read about it, you get deeper understanding. Um, I'm struggling with, I really want your, your opinion. You know what? Uh, we're going to do uh, uh, another episode with you and, and uh, I'm going to try to pull that up and, and bring it up and maybe we can talk a little bit further about it because yeah. this will be a kind of a really good learning moment for myself too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, uh, I, I, I'm fascinated. I, I, I want to understand it deeper and deeper myself. Every time I talk to you, I, f- I feel like I got I got to understand this more. And <laughs> it's, it's a great topic. Um, it's funny it, you say that every time you every time I come here, I think I got to do more research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we we uh, what I'd like to do is I'd like to to have you um, uh, on again. I, we try to keep our episodes relatively short so that mm-hmm. we don't uh, uh, we don't have people can invest an hour or two sometimes. Um, so we'll break this up into a couple sessions and uh, come back. I'll be able to give you that uh, information. I'm really curious about how you'll handle it, and, and I'll let you talk a little bit further. 
Uh, so thank you so much for uh, joining us today on, on this episode. And uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do another one with you really rapidly here. Doug, thanks for having me. All right, you got it. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Home Service Contractor Blueprint. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you can stay up to date on home service trends.